than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Monday's experts, we are back in the shed. It is episode five. Condo is upbeat because he feels really good. I've had good night's sleep. I had a good weekend. Um, I'm not so sure about Barnsley and Woody. Fucking picking up the pieces. Are you alive? I'm. I'm all right. Like surprisingly, like it's the day where you really like on Saturday. Obviously, the uh, morning of the mo, November. We, uh, you know, you have a you have a big crack, and it's mostly from after lunch through to the night is when it really turns up. I'm actually surprisingly <laughs> all right. Like I got up, went shopping, and you know I was hurting a bit, but yeah. tried to do a few things yesterday to just keep everything moving, and I actually sort of. I'm all right today. It's not as bad as what I thought. Hey, mate, congratulations. 2022 Style Master. So for people who don't know, that is the best on ground over the course of the entire day. So Woody won the surfing, beat Melling in one of the great finals. (laughs) Uh, Melling will hate this, I know that. But uh, So for those who don't know, you've got to surf single fin surfboards. It's boards from the 70s. And Woody, it was pumping. It was sort of solid four to six foot, Uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good size surf. And like... You'd love to surf that just in an everyday surf. There was a heap of waves, um, really nice lefts off the corner at Shelley's. Plenty of boards ending up on the rocks. Mate, plenty of my two boards. First heat, the Patch Brothers, they went out and both boards went up the rocks for their first wave. Because <laughs> there's no leggies either, Not so you've got to swim 400 metres yeah. if you lost your board. So there was a lot of work going on, but um, yeah, some great surfing all day and it was, it was good fun. Fantastic to see the crew up here from Melbourne um, supporting, well, some of the originators of Morning of the Mo, so yeah. November. Yeah, it was sick. That, that, like, they haven't been able to come up for the last couple of years, 2020 and 2021, because of the uh, lockdowns. And to have DJ Eddie back there, yeah. who's kind of like, him. obviously him and Nat were a big part of the first 10 or 12 years before Nat moved away to do his Quicksilver stuff overseas. But, you know, Johnny, Nat and DJ Eddie are kind of synonymous with it every year. Yep. They deserve a big hats off, those three. Yeah, mate. all those guys that helped. I tried to thank everyone. I forgot to thank fucking the ball and all. Obviously, Condo for getting all the beer sorted. Yep. Obviously, Yulies, um, Fraser at Shorties. <laughs> I reckon the best part of your speech was the fact that <laughs> that you're coming out of retirement. The, After you beat Melling, you were so happy. Yeah. This is this is this is my qualification party. Yeah, I, I was trying to get a laugh and I think people thought I was serious. No one was really cracking up. Like, I think people were ready to get money out of their pocket. I was, like, I was fully idea, th- taking the piss like, and I, I thought people would really crack up at that. But actually people were like, holy shit, is he serious? But um, obviously it's just a fun day and I didn't expect – going off our well, Mellow, everyone like Zachy Kondo, Jackie yeah. Snell, Kari was the ripping surfing. Air- I've only been three years. Yeah. No, the surfing was at another it, level this Everyone year. was, was ripping and yeah, – and okay. The whole day, you know, quality in every heat and, um, you know, I was just lucky I didn't fall off. It's just basically if you make your waves yeah, and do chance. that floater, you're a chance. And Melling, Melling didn't do that, so suck <laughs> shit. She, she's <laughs> best, best dress up. 
Best dress up on the day. Who do, who'd you go with? Mate, there's, there was a few. Like, obviously, Ev McGregor puts a lot of energy into it. And, and to see him run down as, like, Kathy Freeman in the outfit and Might light the Olymp- the a, a fucking cauldron <laughs> in the uh, Lighthouse car park, that was good. Just um, quietly, Woody, he doesn't have a body like Kathy Freeman in the tight suit. Yeah, he's a little bit different, but he fuck, he's A for effort every year. I'll he give A it. for effort too to uh, Forty uh, oh, coming yeah. as your mate Benny as yeah. the ice bath. That was all time, and just the Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, they went down the <laughs> steepest hill. I was hoping for carnage. There was none. They, yeah. Their machine was too good. There was an amazing. I four thought, blokes. I thought it was going to be like four skaties, and they were crashing into a parked car. But <laughs> it was a legitimate billy car, and they rode that thing well. And then they could pull it apart. To add it as props for the dance-off in the final. Yes. So good effort by yeah, those guys. Great, we sp- great we sponsored that one. I know. Yeah. That's the other thing. I, <laughs> I remember it coming down past in the thing. I go, let's go ball and all on it. Like we've got, They've got a full-time sponsorship from us. So it was good to see everyone have a good day. And, you know, we're really lucky to have good surf this time of year like that. Good and more importantly, we were lucky enough to uh, get DJ Eddie in the shed yeah. before the event on Saturday. So we'll have a podcast dropping this week. Just um, quietly, it is, or quickly, it is the greatest Hugh Grant story you'll ever hear in your life. So stay tuned for this week's episode Barnsley, when it drops I'll, on I'll go, I'll go on the record. I reckon the Hugh Grant story is maybe one of the greatest stories we've had of any of our podcasts. It is hilarious. <laughs> I, I actually, like... Talking to him for a couple of hours, I love that purely because it was stuff I was interested in I had no idea about. Like, obviously, I don't have any idea about dick tricks, but the skiing side, of the, you know, the, the yeah. alpine side was so sick, and I feel like everyone will be loving that podcast. I'm well, I don't sure. think people realise how good he is. Yeah, he's a, you know, a top-level skier. Yeah, well, but not just that, class. and he's a top-level um, comedic actor, really. Yeah. Like, mate, he's got six or seven alter egos. Yeah. In many ways, he's like Paul Hogan, you know what I mean? And where he comes out with these different things and gets into character and just runs with it. So stay tuned for that. Drops Wednesday. Condo, round yeah. the grounds. Uh, round the grounds. Well, we had a big uh, a big World Cup final, uh, the Kangaroos and the Gillaroos. So firstly, if you didn't get a chance, watch the Gillaroos. Like the class of their performance, the execution. Um, gee, they're good to watch. I, lo- I actually really enjoy watching the women's game. That was uh, a very easy win over New Zealand. Followed straight into the Kangaroos against uh, against Samoa. They covered the line, seven and a half start, Barnsley, just yeah. to continue your education. They won by 20. Um, pretty good game. Yeah, uh, we were good enough. I think um, when you look at the, probably the two best for Australia and they've been the two best all tournament was Josh Adokar again. Uh, Latrell definitely stepped up, but I thought Harry Grant again, his injection off the bench. Yeah. Um, just a couple of crucial sort of uh you know short side sort of plays and that that got him going and he was outstanding again i reckon too uh you know there was a lot on nathan cleary to have a solid game and he went above that i thought he was probably seven and a half nearly eight out of ten mm. he was solid a lot of good a lot of good assists a lot of good kicks he was he yeah. played his Tedesco best game was good again too Far out they like our going. big yeah. players our players that need to step up that probably weren't playing as good as they could did for sure i need to ask a question but Please do. I don't know if you guys noticed it. The like the the touch oh, the to de- try line, the dead ball. Yeah, like mm. is that sketchy? Eh? Mate, I'm it's just old school. That's what it used to always be playing. Ground? Yeah, it's, oh, it's Old Trafford. So yeah. basically, where that goal that is, is, so that's, that's Manchester. The crowd. That's Manchester. Yeah. yeah, wow. 
So it's just old school back in the day. You remember getting up at like two in the morning to watch Australia, Great Britain and those classics and then you'd see someone just slide into the fence. fencing well, every time. Well, Luke Lewis had a shoulder recon. Well, he did too. Yeah. And that's not actually a yep. laughing matter. Wow. Yep, straight yeah. into the fence. and uh, Over there in yep. England. Yep. Wow. Plan for the kangaroos. Uh, just, just on the numbers, it's interesting because we're just about to uh, launch into the Soccer World Cup. So the Aussies got paid 40 grand. The Gillaroos got paid 30 grand. What do you reckon the winning team at the Soccer World Cup earns? Oh, it'd have to be fucking 50 or 100 mil. 42 it? million. So what's that divided by 32 players? Or, do they, or is it only the starting line? They're, they're earning about a mil opposed, roughly on squad, about a mil if you win the World Cup opposed to 40 grand. Oh, so that, that's not just getting, that's not as well as getting paid by their actual That's just country. to win it. Would they, do you reckon the soccer players, so if you made the Argentinian team or Brazil team, do they, do they still get a match payment? As it, you know how the Wallabies get a yeah. test payment? They get an allowance oh, they, they, over the they, period. Nah, they'd have to, mate, because they're drawing the, revenue from the crowds, but I suppose that's only in their home countries. So yeah. many games are played overseas, overseas friendly so. venues, so I don't honestly know how it works. We'll have to ask Joel and, and yeah. potentially Brad Smith if we can get him on the podcast while he's back with, uh, unfortunately, an ACL injury. But anyway... Uh, the yeah. rugby, oh, another heart, that heart-stopping watch that was, the, the end of the game. Uh, Wallabies go down, more injuries. Um, Barnsley, can you just talk me through the TMO? It's, That's a blight on rugby at the moment. It's sort I, of 50-50 every time it goes up, isn't it? You well, sort of they're constantly like, in the ear of the referee. And as soon as they get in the ear, they've got to basically blow a penalty as the minimum. And then it just goes from there for yellow and red cards. So, look, I don't want to get into it because it's a world rugby thing, but... It's, uh, it's a blight on the game mm. at the moment and it's hurting us. But, look, I, I'll give credit to the Wallabies. They're undermanned. They're down. Um, and they found a way, especially down after that Italy loss, they got up for this one. They pushed the number one team in the world and probably had their chance to win it at the death. I think they're one of the few teams all year that have made Ireland look ordinary. Ireland looked average on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and that was because we played well. Yeah. Um, but... There's all this talk at the moment about, you know, sack the coaches and all this. If you sack the coaches, it will have no bearing, none whatsoever, on next year's World Cup. Don't even bother about thinking about it. Paul Cully wrote a great article last week on the state of Australian rugby, and more telling than the loss than the Italy one was the one where Australian under-20s lost 69-12 to to New Zealand. The Italy under-20s beat England and Scotland uh, in their under-20 competition. That's the Italian team. Five of those blokes played for Italy on the weekend. So you've got to look more. at what's coming through. And if you look where we are, we don't have a lot. And these other countries are producing them. What about three games in a row? They have better last 15 minutes. Three from three. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I haven't watched all the games, but they were tied against... Um, France first game. One, one point. Yeah, and then they were tied against one, Italy. Yeah, and they, then, you know. The good, the good thing about that is, mate, they're competing. Yeah. So you can tell at the heart, all that's there. Yeah. What they're lacking is probably two things, I'd say. A little bit of class. You know, yeah. when you've got yeah. really good players, they find a way in the big moments. And, mate, ill-discipline's killing them. And it's the same people every time, pretty well, much. And, and the third Falau thing. Falau again. Yeah, and the third thing is oh. after yesterday, they're without 18. What? Yeah. 18 Dude, players Dude, fucking get your boots ready, Baz. Yeah, You're well, getting well, a fucking why is he, call. Why is he and, buddy, maybe even the team manager might get a run this week. But it even looks like Tenyala Tupo has done Achilles? potentially no, his ACL or, or a bad knee injury, so. He's a big that's, loss. That's, you know, potential World Cup. Who, who's the, besides Hooper, who's the most important player for Australia? If you could put him probably, back on Probably who you were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Our scrum is row. pretty important. But yeah. 
think it's actually Marika Korobetti or Samu Karevi because we need momentum and strike X Factor out. from somewhere. They're both out. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, did you watch the second half of England All Blacks? Oh, are you Jesus. kidding me? How good that, were those tries? How about the last 10 minutes? So here's this, Woody. 25 to 6, 10 minutes to go. All, All Blacks, Blacks lead England. Finishes in a draw. Wow. So don't bother watching the whole game. Just go to the last 10 minutes. But what about the quality of the attacking play? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I wonder where it was from England all game. But some of the all black tries early too were like phenomenal. crazy tries. Yeah, good tries, length of the field stuff. So uh, just quickly, I want to say, uh, mention to Georgia. Georgia beat Wales on the weekend, which is one of the, it's one of the first times ever they've beaten a top tier nation. Uh, that's a balls deep in many ways, but the celebration of the Georgian players after they got it done, just all time. Like, you've never seen emotion and intensity like it. They dead set were about to rip the camera out of the cameraman's hand. They were that pumped up. It's a big win. Huge win. I reckon it won't be long. Let's say I'm maybe 15 years, 10, 15 years before those cricket miners, yep. the, the rugby miners. Well, Netherlands, they already did it. You know what I mean? They're going to have more technology, probably better training facilities. I feel like it's going in a direction for a lot of those smaller countries that are in big things that will get their shit together. Could be a good thing for cricket and rugby. Well, let's get the scoop on uh, the Soccer World Cup, which started this morning, uh, and we're going to dial in uh, Jolly, who is our 2478 soccer expert or football, whatever you want to call it. He's going to give us a rundown on uh, surprises and who he expects. Hey, mate, how you going? Jolly, 2478 uh, World Cup expert. What is happening? Oh, mate, not much. Just, just got home, so just sitting at home chilling out, mate. So, uh, so talk us through, um, Woody and Barnsley are here. Take us through, firstly, uh, who's your pick or who's your top couple of picks? Uh, Brazil's my top pick, for sure. Uh, I had Brazil and Argentina as the top two, but they will eventually meet each other probably in the semifinals. So, only one of them will end up in the final. Um, I like the look of England and France and Spain as well, but I think um, Brazil and Argentina are the two best. Joel, if, uh, if Lionel Messi were to win it with Argentina, does he go down as the greatest player of all time? 100%. Like, he's, he's, probably, he's probably already there, to be honest, Beric. But he's, if he wins that, then he does. But then you've also got, like, in Brazil, you've got Neymar. He's playing potentially his last World Cup. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo will play his last World Cup for Portugal. So there's, like, there's a lot to play for for a few of those big teams. Jolly, Woody here. Um, hey, Woody. What you is, recovered? You feeling I, all right? I'm okay, mate. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. excited for the World Cup. What about depth-wise? So Brazil and Argentina are sort of front-runners. You know yeah. how there's been a lot of high-profile injuries. Are, are either of those teams going to be affected if, if one of their players get injured? I'm obviously, Messi or Neymar, if they both get injured, then they're probably going to struggle. But is yeah. it... I think with both of them, that's the that's why they're so they look so much better than everyone else. They're depth in like the defense, defenders, midfield, and attackers. Like they've got depth through all of those. Like Brazil's Brazil's got the most amazing midfield and the best attackers. Like their attackers are insane. Like to list a few of them, like Neymar, Vinicius Junior, Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, Anthony Richarlison, Martin. Like. Other teams in this competition would just like to have three of them guys in their squad. Yeah. And really four of them might not even get any minutes for Brazil. <laughs> like, wow. But I think the depth with those two teams is the biggest thing. Like, France would have, 
France would have been up there with, in terms of depth, but they've had a massive injury toll through you know the lead up and the preparation of the World Cup, which is probably going to hurt them more than you know probably later on in that tournament when they they probably will still progress through the group stage, but they will they will struggle when they come against those top sort of the top teams in the world. So uh, if we just stay on France, are the Aussies any chance on uh, on Wednesday morning early? First question. And Look, secondly, do you think they can get out of their pool? If they're ever going to beat France, then this is their chance. Like, France have probably, you know, I, I saw an article that came out the other day that they think that they're probably the weakest team that they've ever taken to a World Cup in terms of their midfielders. So, which is, you know, the engine room of what goes on in terms of linking your defenders to your front three or your, or your, front, or your forwards. So for them to come out and say that, yeah, obviously they might be hiding behind that to kind of make sure they don't fall and fail. But they've also, you know, Benzema's just pulled up lame as well yesterday. So, look, if, if they've got a chance, then it, it's definitely on um, Wednesday morning, that's for sure. And the second question, Kondo, I think if they can get a draw against France, I think they may, they could, they could progress. If Denmark and Tunisia have a draw and they draw against France, well then I think they can beat Tunisia and Denmark to 50-50, but it gives them a chance to get out. Yeah, okay. So uh, last question for the wrap today. Who's your roughie to, um, mm. that you want to have a couple of dollars on? I reckon it's time for an, an African nation to come, to come out of the World Cup again. You know, like I remember when I was growing up, um, Senegal had that massive run in 2006, I think it was. Um, I'm going to say Morocco. Morocco, from a, an African point of view. Um, yeah, the, so that's a real roughie. Did, they did really well. They were the highest qualified team in the African side. They won six out of six games, scored 25 goals. Like they, I think they might surprise a few people. I like it. So you can, get, you can get on Morocco at 326 to 1. Jesus. Wow. Wow. Look, I, I think there's only five or six nations there that can win it. But obviously, I'd like to see an African team do well. And I think Morocco or, or even Senegal again, just to, to watch the African guys play with the freedom and the flair that they do and just go out and enjoy what they do. It, it, it's good to watch and it, and it brings more people to the game. Beautiful, Charlie. We'll uh, we'll dial you in for uh, a bit of a wrap end of the week. Thanks for the uh, for the first up. All good. Thanks, Legend. Cheers, Thanks, mate. See you, mate. See you, mate. Well, boys, that uh, that was a great chat, Charlie. Uh, Charlie's just been a stra- been a while for the Australian under twenties. Uh, he's he's definitely well researched in the game of soccer. He's a very good soccer player himself and a very good coach. So we'll keep uh, we'll keep those updates coming in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see we'll see if Morocco get up. <laughs> um, just staying on that. What's our homework this week, Barnsley? Yeah, I think we're going to watch the two Escobars. So it's a uh, documentary by the team from 30 for 30. If you haven't seen any of the 30 for 30s, I highly recommend them. They've done about 40 or so documentaries now, just but mostly focusing on sport and unearthing stories you've probably never heard about. So this one I'd rank right up there in my top three greatest documentaries of all time. So we're going to go over this one on Thursday, the two Escobars. It's in your top couple. It's yep. definitely. Have you seen it, Woody? I haven't seen it, but I'm going to be watching it. Yeah, you'll love it. I'm you'll ready to it. go. Um, so question time, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, so we've got, we've got one short one from probably one of the biggest supporters of the, uh, the podcast, Old Saucy. I don't know where he is, but he's somewhere travelling uh, with the family. But he's called in with one this yeah, week. Yeah, Kondo, Woody, Beza. 
Gord's here, long time listener, first time caller. Actually standing on the lighthouse in all its glory on a nice sunny day as a matter of fact. That Paul Jennings used for his TV show around the twist. Now the question I got for you fellas, what TV shows did you boys used to race home to after school to watch? Any favourites, whether it was Saturday morning or whatever? Give us the rundown, guys. <laughs> Saucy. Saucy. Just a champion bloke. So, uh, Woody, what, what did it for you when you were growing up? TV, no, TV I raced home to watch. I, I mean, I was, I was neighbours. I was never much of a home and away guy. I was neighbours a lot more. Uh, Toadie? Toadfish, uh, yeah, obviously Harold Bishop, Harold, <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of them. But I don't know. I I love cartoons in the morning. I, I was just a Channel Ten cartoon. What guy. was your go to? Far out. I used to love Dragon Ball Z, yeah. man. I was huge Dragon Ball Z guy for a long time, and then I mean Agro's Cartoon Connection. Do you ever remember? Yeah, uh, Agro's, yeah, yeah, I used yeah, to Agro. watch a lot of that. That was my, that was that was the yeah. one I used to get up when I was really little. Oh, uh, for me, I used to watch. You remember Super Ted? Yeah, I loved a bit of Super Ted, a uh, bit of Gumby, Roger Ramjet, those sort yeah. of ones when I was a young kid. But mate, I had two movies my whole childhood, and then one was the BMX movie Rad. Yeah, and uh, I fucking <laughs> loved that movie. I, I honestly would have watched it. Do you it. believe in miracles? <laughs> Do you believe in, in love? Open fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing like fucking, oh. he goes to a dance. Crew Jones, boys yeah. and girls out there. One of the uh, great movies, Rad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I watched that religiously and 10 years of Winfield Krupp Grand Finals from 1982-83 oh, to 1992-93. Yeah. Yep. I could have um, given you the rundown on every one of those <laughs> Grand Finals. So, mate, that's all I spent my time watching. I had two. I'm a bit before your time, but I used to race home to watch the ABC uh, game of the round, three o'clock on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. uh, that's obviously NRL, and uh, and then later on uh, Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I there, could watch Seinfeld all day. There is one, and I used to watch it religiously with my stepdad. Mash. Oh yeah, Mash was Actually, like Mash was great. Mash was yeah. a big one for me, and we watched it every week night because they rerun it fucking pretty much every year. And the very last one, I cried in, and I was probably like eleven or twelve. You know, when they all bail? Mm. Fucking, I think that was the most viewed TV show trivia for you ever. in American history ever. Really? The final, yeah, the final episode one. of MASH. Get off the fence this week, Barnsley. What are we going to go? Uh, let's go. Is one day cricket dead? So on the basis of the last couple of games that we've had against England and watching um, two dogs and a seagull in the crowds, uh, is one day cricket finished as we know it? James? Uh, no. I don't think so. Well, there's probably only two kids and a dog in the crowd because we just had a 2020 World Cup. So there's about 100 games and all the warm-up games prior. So everyone's going to be a little bit cricketed out. We didn't do that well. So everyone's probably thinking, you know, England just won 2020. So, well, fuck, Mm. we won't show it. But they'll show it once we start flogging them, I reckon. And I, I loved it. It was a bit longer, a bit more time. You can actually... You know, you still innings. see you yeah. still see the great striking, but you see great play as well. And and players that didn't really get a good look in at the T twenty, they really fucking showed their hand in the fifty yeah, over. So Steve Smith, Travis Head. Yeah, yeah. and and Stark. Stark yeah. looked good. Yeah, he did. Oh, I think it's on the way out. It'll be slowly phased out. I think there'll still be uh, an avenue for a World Cup and games here and there, but I think you're gonna only see T twenty and uh and Test cricket from now on just due to Indians influence. 
Yeah, I think the big thing that people are forgetting, whether it's uh, whether 50 overs goes to 40 or 35 and then we've got T20 and Test cricket or whatever, is India control the cricket world. 85 to 90% of revenue derived in cricket globally is out of India or a source of Indian cricket. So what do they want? Simple as, they just want content. And that's why there's always cricket pretty much every day of the year somewhere. So they've got seven pay-for-view stations in India. You've got 1.3 billion mad Indians that love to watch cricket. And they'll watch, they'll watch, they'll, if we put on a cricket ball and a cricket game out here, we could probably get it up <laughs> on one of their pay-per-view. <laughs> one of the, one of the, um, one maybe, of the Instagram maybe pages shows like, I think there's a, like a Netherlands cricket comp. They show it all the time and like the play in it. Oh, the European Cricket <laughs> yeah, League. It's Euro- fucking awesome. There's like yeah. people like getting... Full tosses in the head. Like they don't even know how to play. People ru- running and tripping over between the wicket. It's pretty good viewing. So balls up this week. It's an absolute cracker. Uh, if you if we just stay with the World Cup theme, um, Barnsley, did you watch the press conference from uh, the leader of FIFA? No, I did. Gianni I just I read it. Yeah, I just read about it. Okay, um, if you haven't watched it, Woody, have you watched it? No, I haven't. I okay, haven't so Condo's the only one that's watched it. If you haven't watched it, it goes for about 40 minutes, but you on, you only have to watch about five minutes. You work out this guy is an absolute top-shelf fucking goose. Mm. Like it's And it's hilarious. He compared himself to every enslaved person in history, didn't he? He compared himself to every, yeah, pretty much everything. And basically saying guitar is the saviour of all these people. Correct, including gay, trans, everything. It, it's it's like laughable. It's funny yeah. when you got so much money, you see who the fucking puppets are. They'll say whatever they have to say if they're going to get twenty million in the account. That Arvo, yeah. You look at Beckham. Beckham, he's copping yeah. heaps. Wasn't of shit. Morgan Freeman there at the opening? Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what they paid him. It yeah. just shows you, like, there's everyone's got a price. Like, obviously, yeah. we're bagging. Oh, out, we will, we will. Fuck, if someone's going to throw you twenty million to go and throw twenty sure. mil, I'll fucking crab walk with a fucking <laughs> soccer ball on my fucking nuts. I don't like. I'd love to. I'd love to know what you actually would do for twenty million. I'd do some crazy shit in front of a lot of people, a packed stadium. As long as I didn't get shot, I'd do a lot of crazy yeah. shit. I, I don't think we're doubting the fact that money will make you do stupid things. Just don't say. Fucking ninety nine percent of the bullshit that that. Oh, you just got you just got to watch it because it's actually really funny. Yeah. It probably will be a Seinfeld episode. This uh, week. balls balls deep, boys. What do we got? Who, balls, who's big? Oh well, yeah. Let's go balls deep. Balls deep for me. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick on the World Cup. Mm. I mean, looking at everything around it and what's happening just at the venues, at the grounds, what they're allowed to do, the fans and stuff, it seems like the worst fucking place to have a World Cup. <laughs> and the $25 beers that you can't get anywhere near the venue. Yeah. like it's And you definitely can't get them in the venue. Yes, yeah. which is just unbelievable. How does Budweiser sign a deal and you can't have a beer? Yes. What they're selling is the non-alcoholic ones. It's unbelievable. So that would be for me. Like every bit of press I've seen in the last week leading in the World Cup, has been negative. Well, let's call it a balls up then, because that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's not a balls deep, but I just didn't I didn't get to say that yeah, before, fair and enough. I thought that was worth talking about. Balls deep for you, uh, me. I've got a couple. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. He just finished his last race the other night. So four world championships, fifty three wins, and I think he goes down probably as one of the most liked drivers. I'd say in the paddock. Um, I know he had his rivalries throughout his career, but it seemed unanimous that the bloke was pretty well respected and um, some good things said about him. So he'd definitely be one. That's a pretty great career. Uh, and 
Georgia, that was pretty special to beat Wales. But that um, Sky Kumar, the Indian uh, number three, if you haven't seen his innings, 111 off 51 balls or something. Mate, it was, what as was I was saying it, Harsha Bogle <laughs> and them, they called it a video game innings. Wow. They said it's possibly the greatest innings they've ever seen, really. He just, the cricket shots he was playing, he got, it's a lot, he got 62 off 19 balls at the, to finish his second 50. Fucking Unbelievable. Hell. So, there's my two. Uh, Ball Steep for Condo this week is uh, just staying on a cricket theme. Uh, apparently, behind the scenes, Adam Gilchrist has uh, reached out to um, Pat Cummings. Uh, there's obviously a lot, of, uh, a lot of friction there with the current side, I think, and what happened with Langer and probably uh, maybe um, a little bit of uh, friction during the T20 World Cup here. So that's good. So hopefully, uh, you know, whatever needs to be mended on that front can get mended and the Australian cricket team can power ahead into this summer. I've, I've actually got one. Balls deep. Johnny Hewitt. Ah, man, yes. man behind November. Good Does one. a lot of, lot of energy towards it. Tip the cap to that guy. Thanks for everything you do, mate. Cheers. Actually, I'm going to go balls deep. Get rid of the first one. My balls deep actually is the amount of uh, laughter that I took out of Saturday night <laughs> watching you make your speech and how much, how much it irritated Adam Melling. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love beating him, eh? Oh, I will so be competing when we're 80. We'll be fucking whatever we can do, <laughs> like rolling fucking rocks down a road or something. Final word, Woody. Final word. Um, good luck. Let's go Socceroos. Good luck. Yeah, go the Socceroos. Yeah. And uh, this Friday, if you're driving past Williams Reserve, the Swooping Magpies will be in action. So give them a toot as you drive past and a uh, bit of a how's that. Has Baffus moved? No, they've got a team from the Hunter who are going to come up to play them so they can nullify another area of the state. So if they can uh, beat them, then it'll just be probably Sydney teams in the south. And so they're playing at the home of cricket. The Williams home of cricket, Williams, Williams Reserve. So, so it's a fair income game. It's a fair income game. They're playing a, uh, the best team in the whole Hunter region. So get down and get behind the Swooping Magpies. Condo's there. Swooping Magpies, Friday, Williams Reserve. I'm there. <laughs> That's a magpie swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. See you Thursday.